Welcome to Animoa, the animated movie watch. I'm Birdie. I'm Beffers. And today's episode is Lady and the Tramp. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie that has a critic's rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we're going in chronological order. Which puts us at 1955, currently. What are you drinking today? Oh, I put together some kind of oolong with, what are they called? Those star things. Star anus? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Do we have those? We have some crumbs left. Crumbs. (laughs) Star anus crumbs. Okay. I also have tea, but it's it's just vanilla. So boring. It kind of is. It's also decaf, but you know what? That's my jam. So, yeah, mine's not as interesting as yours, but it's pretty good. Oh, let's give this a good stir. Mm. Oh, it's still hot, too. Yay. Just you wait half an hour from now, it'll be cold. Oh, more like 40 minutes, right? <laughs> this might be a long one. Uh, we'll see, though. So, yeah, Lady in the Tramp. How long had it been since you'd seen this? Oh, since I was a kid. Really? And okay. this this was one of the movies that I used to watch over and over. Me too. Yeah. Actually. Okay. So we're coming from a similar point there. But I did rewatch this both in college and then also I wanna say um back when I was still in Ohio, but definitely when I was like living by myself and everything. Hmm. So you know, within ten years. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> I feel old. It feels like it was more recent than that. So it's been more recent that you've seen it than I've seen Absolutely. it. But it feels like I never stopped watching it. That's really funny. Yeah. Just because you saw it so many times. Oh, up. yeah. There yeah. were a lot of things that stuck with me, which I'm uh-huh. sure we'll get to. Same, same. I mean, uh, right before we started recording, I was singing the, the tune from when uh, we, we see Ladies Morning. Um, when she's like running and getting the newspaper and chasing the birds and everything, it's like, I was like, Oh God, that is like, I really remember that. Meanwhile, I was singing Jock's song. Oh yeah. Burying the bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually like a Scottish tune, like an actual song. I forget what it is, mm. but yeah, I think it's legit. <sighs> did you find it as enjoyable as you did when you were a child? I actually did, but again, there are a few parts where I'm just like, I want to fast forward through this whole thing. And we know that that is the Siamese song. Not just that, but for sure that. Um, Freaking Cyan and Those are their names. Yep. So clever. Yeah, real funny. They were almost nip and tuck. That actually is kind of (laughs) cute. Freaking Siamese cat song. We can... Either talk about that right away, just like we did uh, the crows with Dumbo. Like we, we jumped right into all that. Or okay. actually, no, we talked about the uh, the Rastabout song first with that. Yes. But um, do you want to just head into music and start with the Siamese song? We could, yeah, we could talk about music. I did already mention, like, yeah, ladies' theme and yeah. song Jock's theme, and uh, yeah, music actually plays a pretty important role in this movie because we've got Peggy Lee, the jazz singer, like having such a strong hand in the development of this movie and oh, everything. Yeah. Like voicing not just Peg, but Cy and Am and um, Darling. Yes. <laughs> so she's just like, her stamp is all over it. She wrote, co-wrote the songs or wrote the songs or something. And she obviously performed them. The the Tramp song and the, the little lullaby that Dar- uh, Darling sings for the baby, which I really like that yes, one. Yes, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. We'll talk about the, the not-so-good song, the uh, Siamese cat song, um, which... I, is it just called We Are Siamese, If You Please? Or is it called, like, I don't uh, know. Oh, I, I just read up on this. I'll be posting a video of the development of this song. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called The Siamese Cat Song, A Duet for Two Cats. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I didn't realize that. That's a very long, complex name for something that we all want to forget about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> problematic as fuck, huh? Yeah. It's just racist. It's Be- just straight up racist. Before they even start singing, before the cats start singing, it just, it annoys me so much because they automatically decide to put in these musical elements that will try to let you know, oh, we're trying to make this from Siam or something. But any of the other characters that they have, no matter how stereotyped they are, I don't hear them using stereotypical music for them. They do for Jacques, but it's that it's just bagpipes. And they do bagpipes. 
I yeah. swear they didn't. I I, I I thought they did. Really? Or maybe like really, maybe it was just like evocative of bagpipes because mm. it's like low woodwinds that kind of do that, that brum, brum, mm. when he starts to like marching in with his little song. I, it, it's probably in the style of bagpipes. I don't remember if they're actually bagpipes. They would have been much more piercing. Yeah, they would have been piercing. And <laughs> I think I, it might have been woodlands. I think what they did for Jacques, I keep saying Jacques. Jacques, Jacques. I know, me too. It's, it's Jacques. French. Jacques. Uh, <laughs> it blends in better with the rest of the music. Yeah, the this is just absolutely. But let's just say, call it what it is. This is Orientalism. This is yes. just straight up Orientalism. And in, in, in the in the video I'm going to post, they actually use the word Oriental at yeah. least once. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean the the point being that it is this depiction or representation of an Asian culture, but from the lens, from the viewpoint of a more colonial viewpoint. Yes. So it's all you've got the. The attitude, this, this, these negative, negative characters—they're, they're not likable. They're despicable. They've got these awful, exaggerated, slanted eyes. They've got the buck fangs. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the broken English, and they've got this like kind of attitude of we're just going to come in and take what we want and do what we want, which is kind of, especially when you think about when this is taking place in the fifties. Yes, with Okay, coming out of both World War II and the Korean War at this point, you've got a lot of immigration and stuff, and you've got just this really bad taste in your mouth with these cats. Right. And and what they represent. And they're very, I think the word vilified would be mm-hmm. a really good word. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you just want to do, okay, cats versus dogs, that's, that's fine. fine. But when you take a stereotype and you blow so out of proportion... And you make them such an antagonist to Lady. Yeah. They don't have to be this stereotype. They don't have to do that. But they do that in so many different, like, okay, so they do it later with the Aristocats. I know that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And then they, um, in the freaking musical Cats, you've got Growl Tiger's Last Stand. You've got those cats. Yeah. Why does Why is this a thing? Why do they always stereotype Siamese and other, like, I mean, I know they call them like Oriental short hairs. Like that's still technically the name of the breed, but that kind of cat. Like, right. why do they always do this? Yeah, it's everywhere. Fuck, <laughs> so frustrating. All of the animals in this movie, if their breed is supposedly from another yes. country, then those animals have the ex- accent of yes. that country. But not they're just, they're just not so vilified. Yeah, no. Um, even if they're not vilified, though, I still have some problems with some of the ways. I do, too, they... because then you have the Chihuahua, and then they do it again in Oliver and Company. Yes, they do. Oliver and Company owes a lot to Lady and the Tramp in a lot of ways, yeah. actually. But, um, yeah, you're, you're right. The Chihuahua. Um... And it's always the Chihuahua. It's always the Chihuahua. Always. He's got, like, the Speedy Gonzalez accent, and, like, he looks all sleepy. Oh, sleepy Mexican. Meh, meh, meh. Yeah. Fuck. Come on. Do better. Do fucking better. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Justified. <laughs> really mad. And the, the reason why we're... <laughs> At least I'm so upset about this is because otherwise I fucking love this movie. I know. I, there's so much to really enjoy about it. And there's so much to look at and love. And for me, animation wise, it's one of my favorite in terms of like, the animal animation. Because um, it's, it's it's the best since the, like Bambi. Um, yeah. And I, I actually no, I remember I really liked the, um, the animation in the Wind of the Willow sequence in the... Mr. Toad? Mr. Toad and, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Uh, that, that whole thing. Yeah. The Adventures of, there we go, that was it. The Adventures of, uh, Mr. Toad or, and Ichabod or Ichabod and Mr. Toad. There we go. I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> leave all this in. Um, or maybe I will, so people can hear me struggle. Yes. Um. <laughs> you must know your struggles. Yeah. My brain's not functioning properly today. More tea. Yeah, um, more tea. But yes. The, um, I really enjoyed the animation in that, but for just pure, like, authentic animal animation, good lord, I love looking at this movie. There's so much good dog and cat animation. 
And the humans are great too. And even though I, I, you know, I forgot to look up to see if it was rotoscope, but I feel like some of it was, or at least heavily, heavily referenced. But since this is after Cinderella, they did such a good job with animating those humans. Point being, there's so much to like about this movie. And then it just gets fucked up by (sighs) these exaggerated stereotypes in one instance and then the harmful stereotypes in the other instance yeah and they are harmful because like it just perpetuates something that 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 we should just not be clinging on to and and this is one of the questions that i was going to have is like how do you how do you fix something like this do you shove it in the vault with like uh, song of the south and do you just like say no you guys don't get to see this anymore or do you come out with a live action slash CGI version in 2019 that gets rid of the cats or the song and replaces them with Devin Rex's? <laughs> or do you do something else? Do you, like, or do, do you just cut the sequence? The cats don't have much bearing on the rest of the movie. Well, Lady attacks them because they're causing mischief and that leads her to have a muzzle placed on her, which leads her to yeah. like yada, yada, yada yeah, the rest but- of the movie. The question is, is there a way to do something else? Like, I don't know if there'd be a way to, like, if there's, like, archival footage or some other, like, thing that they could finish, like, a a storyboarded scene that may be missing footage or or just completely animate a new scene. Like, I can, you know what? I can see them redesigning the cat's faces and Mm. uh, possibly re-recording the song so that they're causing the same mischief, but they're not... You know, being represented. Speaking in broken English yeah. and being awful and... Yeah, and yeah. being represented by something that's not actually yeah. real. It, but, yeah, it would yeah. be nice to keep them as Siamese cats. Right. And just, like, yeah, just just design them, treat them differently. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about, like, changing media that already exists. It's... I know, but is it like, is it, is it good to change it or is it good to leave it and just acknowledge that, Hey, yeah, this is shitty or just make a new version of it and just be like, let's just sweep that aside. So, cause is that good too? Like to just completely ignore? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not typically good to ignore history it's good to study history and use it as a way to explain how we got where we are today sure i think it's great if someone ever wrote a thesis Mm -hmm. on either this movie or this song or this representation which i'm I'm sure sure it has especially yeah representation just in general i'm sure across all forms of media but all too often history books end up either editing out or trying to yeah. justify sanitize. or sanitize bad things that have happened mm-hmm. that's yeah that's why i'm kind of like i don't think you can just scrub the movie clean of it as, as much as it's like oh that'd be very tempting to do because like that's how you could fix it that's how you could make this movie more palatable and then you wouldn't have to see that scene <laughs> and your kids wouldn't have to see that scene right and i don't know everything about it is challenging yeah that's just why i was like this we have a bit to discuss about this movie and I don't know if there are easy answers or anything regarding it other than, yeah, it's bad and it sucks, but we can't just ignore it or rewrite it. If I may put on a scholar's hat for a moment. We haven't already. <laughs> um, put on another one. Yes. Multiple hats. Got two hats now. Oh, very dashing. <laughs> Thank you. This whole movie seems to be about... Class, not class. Yes, uh, class. Yeah, class. It's absolutely, the, the, the classism is a huge point in this movie. Yep. Yeah. And that's also represented in, like, the accents the dogs have and um, the people that we see. Yeah. And the way the tramp describes all the families that he goes and visits yep. and how the dogs in the pound act towards Lady. Yeah. What do they call her? Park Avenue? Yeah. Someone oh called her Miss Park Avenue. Miss Park Avenue self or something like that yeah. yeah oh yeah and not just um not just the dogs but yeah the people too like the the dog catcher um like calls her baby and then it's like you're too nice a girl for a place like this yeah. and as soon as he said that i was like 
but these other dots deserve a chance I too. Know. Oh no, glasses. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, she's privileged. Ah, oh, but she is. And there's the yeah. She's and got that shiny collar. She does, and holy shit! But like, man, there's some mature fucking themes in this movie. Like, not just the whole like what we've already talked about, but that we mentioned the pound again. First of all, and I cry. Um, but <laughs> with the Sarah McLaughlin scene, yeah, exactly. The oh my god, that yeah, gets me. The one that gets me is the one puppy the with puppy. a tear yep. rolling down yep. his face. The one fucking puppy. I want that puppy. <laughs> um, but no, the uh. <laughs> the, the 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 death row the, the death penalty thing with like the 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 dog that's going to get euthanized yeah. the one that just like he's just in shadow looking so happy because he trusts the human and doesn't yeah. know and poor fucking lady's just like traumatized i'm sure by that yeah. like oh my life view has changed and it's like holy shit this is some dark stuff yeah it's amazing <laughs> and another potentially mature theme what'd you think about um jock and trusty showing up to um offer or rather to propose to lady in that in that sequence in the doghouse what are they proposing marriage marriage yeah well i didn't get that you didn't get that no oh yeah 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 no they show up to basically propose marriage to her like to be like yes come live with us i thought they were just I uh-huh. thought they were just offering their house just in case she gets booted out by Aunt okay. Sarah. Okay. I, I, they, they mentioned the word matrimony. So that's uh-huh. actually in there. Trusty says, I have never really considered matrimony before. And that's I think that's when Jock's like, oh, uh, don't bring up what, uh, the, the unsavory business. Uh, we don't want to upset her. But, like, you know, let's still propose and let her know that, like, you know, we'll still be friends, whoever she chooses, you know, and stuff like that. And there's more to it than just them, like, maybe offering her oh yes, come stay with one of us in our home. Like, she just spent a night with the tramp. <laughs> they want to restore her honor. Mm, she it. already, yeah, yeah, exactly. That is some mature as fuck stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I was sitting there kind of thinking like, why would they be offering that at this point? Because we know that Jim Deere and Darling are going to come back. Do they think that the answer is going to be there forever? I don't think that's the point. I think the point Oh my god! Yeah. And it's so understated that when oh, yeah. an adult would get it. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super subtle. So I guess I was not an adult when I was watching that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It took me a minute. Like I was kind of sitting there, and then like Tramp showing up and her being just like really upset, like extra upset. Mm. I felt. Oh yeah, how much time has passed too? We don't know. Like I don't. Think at least that's, one like, night. At least like. I think it's just a couple months later is Christmas and they've got the puppies. And that's about how long puppies take. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are we still on music or did we just... <gasps> we've we've completely derailed. Let's go back to the music. Okay. <laughs> well, how do you like the song Bella Note? Do you think it's overused oh, or... It's one of my favorite Disney songs. Cool. Yeah, that... I, that one of my very first notes was just in all caps, Melodote, one of my favorites of old era Disney. And then I had written before I heard it, I was like, but only when Tony sings it. But I was wrong because I don't like it in the opening credits. Oh, I do. I don't. I like it better. In, oh, um, see, I like it when um, they're singing and then the chorus pops in after uh, they're singing. Like, I like it in within the movie very, very much. Yeah. I didn't like the opening credits because it's still got that kind of sound that I've complained about before. You don't like the 1950s. I don't. The 40s especially, but this still has a little bit of that in it. But yes. God damn it, I I love Tony. I know more stereotypes, but I was like, you know what? I'm not too bothered by these because they are fucking on point. (laughs) Speaking as someone who knows... someone from an Italian Yes, and a lot of... I know a lot of Italian people. A lot of them are related to me. And uh, yeah, it's on point. (laughs) I... I love these guys because Tony and what's his name? I forget. But yeah, I love how much they love the tram. Yeah. They're just, he's like, he's part of the family. Here, let me give you the best meal on the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They treat him so well for like, you know, just a stray dog, you know, just good people. Oh, how about uh, the song at the beginning when they're setting the scene that it's Christmas time and they're showing oh, the town. Oh, Silent Night, basically. Yeah. It's 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 just like an alternate Silent Night. Like, I was sitting there starting to write something about it, and then I was listening to, like, I was like, wait, this is just like a counter melody 
because I hear Silent Night in the background, like the, the, the chord structure and everything. I was like, wait a minute. I mean, it's nice. The one song that I think is like the most blah in the movie is just Ladies Like, What's a Baby song. Um, it is blah, but I like it because it's it shows her going up the stairs. It to does meet the baby, and yeah. the yeah the tune elevates as she it goes does. up. And okay, yeah. it has this creepy undertone. I think it that's does. the right word. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not so much a song as it is a thought. Yeah, it's like a, a like a tonal poem or something. Yeah. Like uh, it, it's yeah. I just remember I was always like bored by that part oh, as I a love kid. That part. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> We're just like, nah. <laughs> if I may go on a short rant about why I love everything involving the stairs in this movie. Okay. You have that scene we just described. Yes. You have um, when she's a puppy, she's yes. creeping up the stairs for the first time. She's having so much trouble. I love the music there, too. Yeah. Oh. And you have Jim Deere uh, stumbling down the stairs in the middle of the night to go buy yes. watermelons. And then you have Aunt Sarah carrying up the cats when Shaking she thinks their tails. When she thinks the dog damaged them. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, right before Jim Deere and Darling are about to leave for vacation or wherever they're going. Yeah, wherever um, they're going. Lady stops them at the top of the stairs. So she all these important moments in this movie happen around this staircase. Don't forget Lady leading them up the stairs to go find the rat yeah. in the nursery. Like You're right. Man, those stairs are fucking pivotal. <laughs> They're awesome. Okay. The point well made and yes. well taken. I, I completely agree. Those those stairs are really, really important and like I, I don't know if they're like symbolic necessarily, but yeah, they're they're pivotal. That's Maybe so they're cool. symbolic of the moving along of the plot. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in a way it's a coming of age story for Lady, so they're yeah. like they're all there at they're they're there at pivotal points of her, her coming of age. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Is there more music stuff to talk about? Or is there? Is there or do we want to move on to like maybe specific character stuff? Because well, we've been we, all over the place. We didn't cover the He's a Tramp song. Like, I actually don't like Peggy Lee in this one. I don't, yeah. That's not my favorite part. The only part that I like in that song is the boom, 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 rough. <laughs> Me too. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I found myself singing that in the shower this morning. <laughs> <laughs> just... there's another song i'm gonna post on our twitter it's a recording of them recording this song oh. and the best part is just the chorus of men doing dog voices oh, oh my god i can only imagine what that must look like oh that's funny i guess on that note dogs the dogs dogs, dogs. everywhere there's lots of dogs in this movie so obviously we've got the the titular lady and the tramp that's his name the tramp. Yeah. <laughs> Where we've got a puppy through adulthood. Um, adulthood mother. Uh, she, she starts out a puppy one Christmas and has puppies the next. Yep. Aww. Um, And then we've got the tramp who's this independent stray who doesn't really want to be tied down by either a family or... As a lady. <laughs> I, I love the voices for both of these characters, especially yeah. the tramp. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's good. Larry Roberts. Yeah. Apparently he didn't do much, but he was absolutely perfect. Yeah, he fits it so well, or, or vice versa. Like the animation fits his voice so well. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we have Milt Call to thank for that, who mm -hmm. I have mentioned many, many times. And uh, you could tell, and I wrote this down like midway through the movie, I was like, I had suspicions, but at one point he did the head waggle. So I was like, ah, it's fucking milk call. <laughs> um, and then uh, Barbara Luddy, who also played Meriwether in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. So we've got that to look forward to. So what I noticed about her, and I've always, I think I've noticed this for a long time, is her voice does sound very old for how old a dog she's supposed to be. I don't know. I think it sounds... It sounds gentle, which could be translated into old. Yeah, I could, it, it's it's like this this um like almost scratchy throaty quality to it yeah, that happens. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't dislike it. It's just it, it, it I did always note like I can tell that this is an older lady than like you would imagine maybe more like like a, a twenty year old at most for mm -hmm. like a the, someone who's supposed to be like you're still kind of a puppy, but you're not because you're an adult now, but you're still a puppy. But you can have babies, so you're an adult. 
wait, dogs are confusing. Yeah. <laughs> what is dog age? What is dog age? But yeah, they've got great voices. I, I, I think I love all the voices in this movie, actually, thinking about, except for Cyan Am. But like, Jock has got a normal voice. I love Trusty's drawl. I know the accents can be a bit much. They are a bit much. Uh, I actually genuinely like Boris, though. <laughs> the Borzoi. He's kind of a stereotype, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, you'll, if you'll forgive the expression, red flag. Uh, ha, 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 I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I still, like, it's good, it's, you know, good voice acting, though, for everybody. Now I'm mad about the chihuahua again. There were other dogs with accents, too. Like, mm-hmm. the bulldog mm-hmm. was... British of some sort. Kind of rolled my eyes a little bit at some of the, the, the heavy-handed Britishisms that he would use. <laughs> like, oh, a bit of all right. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. Yeah. You know what voice I really liked? What? The beaver. The beaver? And you know who that was? I do know who that was. Stan Freeberg. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I figured you would be pretty ecstatic about that, given yeah. your your history with Stan Freeberg. Here's a really funny story. So when I was looking at the actors <laughs> right after we watched this movie, I had this freak out moment. We're like, oh, Stan Freeberg. <laughs> and then I had some deja vu oh. of me the last time that I watched this movie. Oh, you- I went on the internet and looked up who did the voice of the beaver and had the exact same freak <laughs> That's out. That's so funny. Oh, man. But yeah, no, no. He did like that whistle uh, <laughs> initially, but then I guess they had to like supplement it because it was really hard to do yeah, consistently. But of course, of course, he would do some wacky character voice. He's so good at that. Although it's it's funny, they basically just like took Beaver and then just went go for Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> just they didn't get Sam Freeberg that, as far as I understand. But it's pretty much the same voice and the same animation and the yeah. same everything. So eh, we're getting into that era of Disney scavenging itself. Yeah. <laughs> Very soon. Very, very soon. We've seen a little bit, but not as much as we're about to see. Yeah. After Sleeping Beauty, I think. Characters. Um, Do you have, like, a favorite animal character? I do. I think it's Jock. Yeah. Because you can tell he cares so much, Mm -hmm. even if he's wrong. Yeah. And also, he looked like my best friend's dog, who was a very good boy. So good boy. So many... So many good doggos in this movie. And the way they move. Oh, gosh. But yes, yes. I think Jock and Trusty are my favorites. Mm-hmm. I can't just pick one. Because, yes, the, the characters in general and just how heartfelt they are. And, of course, Trusty. Trusty! <laughs> I, I cried so hard even though I know he's going to be okay. I always cry. Yeah. Fuck. Um, and I guess he was originally scripted to die. Whoa. But they were like, wait, no, Trusty must live. <laughs> Yeah, they pulled some... They did the Disney thing. Some real emotional whiplash there. Oh, yeah. Close, up, right. close up of him under a cartwheel. Jock and then he was a happy candle. Yeah. Happy candle. That was, like, the most... Like, like ever since Bambi, when we had, like, the snowfall and your mother's never coming back. And then, <laughs> tweety, tweety, bird, 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 happy, happy, bird, bird. It's very similar to that. Like, we, we actually were just sitting there. We just started kind of laughing because we were just so, like, ah. Wait, What? Happy Christmas, I guess. But yeah, no, uh, Jock and Trusty, um, I love their animation. Mm-hmm. I love, 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 love the, not just the facial animation for them, as they, they're very expressive just in their, the movements of their eyes and their mouths mm-hmm. and stuff as they talk, but in the body language, and it's so fucking on point for the dog that they are. Because um, right. you've got Jock just with the tiny little steps just and his bounce, 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 bounce. <laughs> And the way he calls for ladies, like, laughing, laughing, burp, burp, burp. And then you have Trusty, who's just this gangling, blah, blah, blah movement. Yeah. And his wrinkles, there's so many good wrinkles. And the way he moves and the way he calls for his Miss Lady. It's like he's howling and it's so good. Yeah. I'm so, ah, I think that was pretty much where I was just writing, like, I am blown away by this movie. Like, <laughs> this is so good. Um, uh, yeah, I love them. Let's talk a little bit more about Trusty and the climax where they're searching for the dog catcher yes. in the street. And, and he's tracking them with yeah. sense of smell. This is one of my favorite animated movie climaxes, probably, because a lot of 
movie climaxes are very sensationalized and yeah they, they it's like the pro- there's some producer trying way too hard to make our heart rate go up yeah and with this one it's very subdued because it's like the middle of the night they're mm-hmm. in an empty street and all they're doing is just sniffing around That's and true. anyone anyone who has been paying attention knows that trusty's going to find it because we saw when we met him that he was sniffing out the the caterpillar while Jock was saying, "Oh, he lost his sense of smell." But no, he, it's like, clear he still has it. Yeah, he was he was following the caterpillar and only got away from because it, it went through a freaking hole. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone who's been paying attention knows that this is gonna oh, this is gonna work. This is gonna work. <laughs> He's gonna get him. And yet, it's still suspenseful without making us mm-hmm. jump out of our seats. Yeah. I also love that sequence. I will argue that the more exciting slash chilling climax is the rat fight. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I had forgotten how scary, first of all, that that rat is. And then, like, all of the the angles and the shots and the lightning and everything about it and, like, how real it feels, like, the threat of it. Like, if this fucking giant rat is going to get into the baby's crib and just chew its whatever off, God knows. Or just give it a little bite and then it's infected. Even just a little bite that's infected. Yeah. Too many stories about rodents getting it children wow. and just just gnawing and gnawing yes. is just, i know that's the most horrifying thing to think of but that could have happened and and you have like this very kind of realistic he must be like a part terrier or something because they're they they go after rats that's what they're bred to do mm-hmm. and you've got this big ass rat and they're just like having the standoff in the room and it's just getting away from him and then he gets at that one point you hear that tiny little squeak yeah that felt so real because you're like because at least I was thinking, like, that's what rats sound like. Like, it, 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 just this little teeny tiny. I have never had the uh, the pleasure of <laughs> the pleasure of squeezing a rat. Well, okay. <laughs> now I sound like one. I thought it sounded like a chew toy. It kind of did, but yeah, no, I, I, I love that because it doesn't have like a big threatening scary sound it's just a little tiny squeak but it's just this horrible thing i'm sorry i'm vilifying rats now yeah. that's not fair disney does that a lot i know um but this this one was an evil rat because you could tell it was designed evil it went up onto the crib and was about to go in we all gasped when that crib got knocked over yeah i i the sound that we made collectively like i knew it was coming but it still was just like thud <gasps> Yeah, and the thing is, none of us particularly like babies, and we no. know it's just a, like a cartoon. It's, a cartoon, it's but not it's even still... an animated baby, but still, the idea because they have little soft heads. Yes, and and just the the impact of the scene and how well it's structured. And, and guess guess who was in, responsible for animating that scene? Who? Remember, uh, good old Wooly Ritherman, the one who does all the action sequences. Yeah. Of course, it was him. He kept, like, a cage of rats by his desk for reference (laughs) at this time. This is actually the last um, movie that he animated on. He went on to direct after this. So we'll maybe talk a little bit about his directing skills soon. The rat battle is a good way for him to go out. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I I liked the way the animated tramp fighting And I noticed something really weird. So Aunt Sarah was upstairs yelling at Lady in the front yard. So Lady yeah. woke her up, but this freaking dog literally yeah. next door didn't wake her up. Yeah, like, she was awake, right? Was she just ignoring all that? Or was, well, okay, okay, counterpoint, thunderstorm. Thunderstorm and maybe, maybe Lady kept carrying on. Like yeah, and if, if Lady was barking the whole time, then maybe Ansar was focused on that. And then there was also rain and thunder and... But I'd be amazed. Yeah, like she she didn't hear all this, but then the baby starts crying. So then she comes in. Yeah. It's a little... Well, Aunt Sarah mm. it has Aunt Sarah problems. Sucks. Uh, yeah, Aunt Sarah. Mm. Let's talk about Aunt Sarah. Let's talk about Aunt Sarah. Uh, she doesn't really. It, she's one of those women who thinks she knows what she's doing because she likes to take charge, but yeah. she really she's doesn't not. have a big picture of what's really going on. Right. Right. She's not observant enough. Tunnel vision, Aunt Sarah. Um, and she's not a villain, though. She's not a villain. She's she just... Kind of is. She's antagonistic. Antagonistic. But she's not a villain because she does care about the baby. She is actually looking out for the baby. She's just wrong about 
who's threatening the baby and I, who the threat is. I really don't like that she bought Lady a muzzle. Yeah, oh no, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. To like take your family's dog just because it might have hurt Cass. If, if she had done something to like threaten the baby, then I could, no, I still wouldn't forget the muzzle. But I'd understand her viewpoint a little better. But it was just because her stupid cats were playing like the old, oh no, we're hurt card. I think there's a trope for that too. Because that's it, right? That she just takes the lady to the freaking pet store after that. Yep. Immediately after that. Who's watching the baby? Yeah, really. The cats? <laughs> the cats? Oh, no. fuck. <laughs> uh, I noticed something about the pet store owner. Like, he wasn't able to get the muzzle on lady. Yeah, like, what kind of pet store owner yeah, is you, uncomfortable dude. around a dog? <laughs> like, yeah. <What? laughs> yeah, he seems, like, all freaked out when she starts to, like, fight. He's like, oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh, speaking of ancillary characters, I love... The, the guard and the random dude on the street outside of the zoo uh, that Tramp, like, just completely cons into an argument. Yeah. Like, the one who's like, uh, like, can't you read? Yes, in several languages, actually. You're smart ass. <laughs> I love it. What a dick. <laughs> did did the policeman have an Irish accent? I think he did. Yeah. So, yeah, more of that. Irish Wow, yeah. It's like, okay. So I feel like... They were trying to create this multicultural, immigrant-heavy world. But it was also a small town. It was. and it's Because that's why... Okay, we spent the whole movie trying to figure out what the location was. Yeah. That was, like, a running thing for us. And we were just like, okay, is this the deep south? Because of, like, the look of it felt kind of southern. But is it a huge metropolis? Because, like, the way things are set up in certain... Like, the, the zoo looks like it could be Central Park. Mm-hmm. This seems East Coast, the very least. We were landing on Virginia, sort of like a kind of happy medium. And then they show the shot of them like up on Makeout Point, looking out at the entire valley. And then there's like mountains in the background. We're like, well, wait, wait, this isn't New York City. What the hell is this? Where are we? And we finally looked it up at the very end after the movie was over. And it's based off of uh, Disney's hometown of, uh, I think it's Marceline, Missouri. And then it sounds like the live-action remake, which, to be fair, we we haven't seen. We we, we are familiar with it, yes. Right. And I know what they did with the cats, and I know some of the choi- changes and choices they've made. Um, and in addition to that, uh, they set in New Orleans, which is an interesting choice. But I can kind of understand, especially looking at the aesthetics of this film, it's like, yeah, okay. So There weren't any French or Cajun stereotypes there wasn't. in this. There weren't any. Yeah. There weren't any French. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't have, like, a fucking French poodle. They'll, they'll save that for Oliver and company, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're on to characters. We sure are. Plenty of those. There are. Um, we've talked about a lot of them. We've talked not so much about um, Jim Deere and Darling. Right. I love Jim Deere and Darling. They're they're pretty charming. Um, I, I feel bad for Lady in the initial um, adjustment to them being... Um, expecting and everything Mm -hmm. and how they treat her initially but I love that almost cathartic bit at the crib where they both are petting her and introducing her to the baby yeah and it's like everything is settling it's back to normal or not back to normal it's a new step in their lives but did you notice that she was looking into the the rocker or bassinet I don't know my baby lingo (laughs) (laughs) we don't know this shit (laughs) Jim Deere comes up behind her and reaches out to pet her and she Flinches. She flinches. It's so sad. And that really goes to tell, like, what kind of tension was going on in yeah. this family. Yeah. But I, it's so, it feels so real, though, because, yeah, this, this dog doesn't know what's happening. It's yeah. confused about all of this. The tension, that's a good word for it. But then, yeah, the, the release of that tension when it's just like, here, let me pet you, pick you up, show you what's happening. And yeah. then both of them petting her and they're all just sitting there in that little tableau. And it's mm-hmm. just... Uh, again, there's so many things to like about this movie. Mm-hmm. Ah, annoying things that we spent like 20 minutes talking about earlier. <laughs> Is there more character stuff you want to talk about? Well, there were some dogs at the pound. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we kind of touched on them, but not, I guess, in great detail. Right. We've got um, Peg. Peg. Who yeah. obviously was one of the Tramp's former girlfriends. Uh-huh. You've got, I can't remember what the bulldog's name is. Yeah, you've got 
the dachshund, which I think is just doxy or something. Yeah. Um, you've got the, the other mutt kind of dog that just sounds American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got Boris, the Borzoi. You've got the Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Probably Pedro. Yeah, I think it was. I think it actually is Pedro. So cliche. Okay. I don't remember. Are there, are there others? Those were the main ones, right? Yeah, there were some unnamed dogs who all looked the same in yeah. other cages. Okay. Yeah. And then that one fucking puppy that cried at us. <laughs> and I can't remember the dog that gets taken away into the fuck. But, but I think we both liked Boris. Yeah. I, I, I like that character. I remember not liking him as much when I was little because I was like, why does he have such a weird face? And he's like, I like Borzois. <laughs> I like them now. What was the the name of the, the Gorky he was trying to quote? The, the play that he was yeah. quoting? Uh, lower Depths? Lower Depths, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's It was really funny that he was using that to quote because that, I apparently Wikipedia says it's about a bunch of people in uh, a shelter. And here yeah. they are yep. in a shelter. I'm sure that was no accident. Yes. It's so good. What is it? Uh, miserable beings? Uh, Find more miserable beings than happy. He's happy. <laughs> yes. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I like the dog pound dogs. All right, yeah. they're, they're they're fine. It's just the their singing the is annoying for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so much howling. Yes, but it's so heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. I'm trying to see if there's more specific stuff to point out. It's a pretty funny movie. It is. It's there's very a lot clever. of yeah. It's, feels very much of like that kind of screwball romantic comedy like kind of movie you would have had back in those decades. I say decades because I've seen movies like that from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Mm. And then like stuff that isn't just like, you know, the, the two main characters bantering because you know, I, 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 you know, they're gonna they're gonna fall in love. But there's other funny stuff in there, like when the jock is describing babies, oh they're very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the cockerel Spanish line and oh, what was it? Oh, I love the the, the running uh, old reliable joke because it's like it's it's cute to begin with. And then it like turns into a brick joke at the end when it's like, I forget what he said. <laughs> no one ever let him say it. No one ever let him say it. It's actually very similar um, to a, there's a Tintin book. I mean, it, it, it's from the same era. Um but yeah, there's like this whole book where Captain Haddock is trying to tell a story about how he got involved in the story, but nobody ever lets him tell the story. And then mm-hmm. at the very end, he gets interrupted and when he's about to tell it, and he's just like, no, you don't get to hear it now. And then like, just that's the end of the book, basically. But the point was that Hergé never knew what the story was. He never had an explanation for why Captain Haddock came into the story. He, he mm-hmm. just, he never let him tell the story because he didn't have one. <laughs> so it kind of made me think of that. Anyway, it's very cute. Do you have any final thoughts? Several. Oh, boy. Several final thoughts. This is going to be really long. Okay. Um, I freaking love everything they did with Lady's character because it really shows, I guess, a childlike view of the world. Yes. Not just from when she's a puppy, but... Right. No, she's naive a little. She's naive. And her view of adults is how kids view adults a lot of the time. And you know the baby shower scene? Yeah. Yeah, how all the women are in one room, how all the men are in one room. Yeah. I remember feeling like lady whenever there were like family gatherings. Yeah. And it's like if you're if I'm in the room where all the adult ladies are talking, I have like no idea what they're going on about. And well, for the men too, I have no idea, but the tones between the two rooms are very different. Yeah. More stereotypes. Yeah. They really <laughs> They well uh, telegraphed the the boisterousness of the men's room. Yeah. Because that's how my dad was with my uncles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like five of them all in a room together. Yeah. It, it made me think, yeah, as well. as like there'd be the one room where whoever would be watching football and then everybody else would be in the other room just talking. And it's just like, those were the two rooms for yeah. us. <laughs> and just like Lady, when you're a little kid, you can't really get a grasp on what no. they're talking about. Like, I guess I better find the other kids. Oh, no, Lady's an only dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so the, the energy was very, very well 
written. Conveyed? Conveyed. Yeah. 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 And I was like, you had in all ways, because it was both animated well and mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Oh, I know that we talk a lot about the memories that we get from certain movies, and since mm-hmm. we've both seen this one a lot, mm-hmm. were there any memories that you remember being so crisp in your mind? Uh, for sure. One of them, I mean, there, there, are, there were a lot of moments throughout it, like there's there's Tramp's first appearance when he licks, uh, he's, he's drinking from the puddle, and then he gets dripped on, and then he shakes himself off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That whole thing. Me too. Um, and then there's uh, the beaver saying, well, and spitting. Uh, th- those are a couple for sure that were very visceral for me. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me, visually, it would be Jim Deere's red slippers. Oh. For some reason, anything involving his slippers. Aww. Like, I, my, my dad didn't even have red slippers, but I'm like, oh, I know those. Those are so familiar. Dad, dad, dad slippers. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. But I think most of my memories involved hunger. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like I was like turning into a dog during this movie. How okay? How did you feel about the bit where they're at the table and he reaches through like the newspaper and then he's like pouring the coffee into a dish and giving her the little donut that she like dunks? That is like one of the most satisfying little bits of animation ever. Yeah, there's so there was another visceral feeling from that one too. Mm-hmm. Especially when she takes it and just dunks it and then starts gently eating it. Yeah, and it's just like oh, even before the food shows up, when she accidentally rips a hole in the paper. Yeah, it's I'm already... because I've seen this movie so many times. I know it's coming in there. Yeah, I'm like oh, I want a coffee and a saucer and some donuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's <laughs> so weird. We both had that same. Like, memory. <laughs> and then there's also when Jock is uh, unearthing his pile of bones, and mm-hmm. you see them all, and they're so glorious, and I'm yes. like, ah, I, I want a tasty bone. bone. <laughs> I want spaghetti, man. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, the spaghetti didn't do it for me. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't like meatballs, obviously, uh, but the spaghetti, I, I, I like spaghetti. Maybe I had had too much spaghetti. And you, probably like, didn't, eh. you probably didn't have good spaghetti. I did not have good spaghetti. So, okay. <laughs> but again, there's also uh, the tramp taking a bath and shaking himself. Oh, that, God. that made me thirsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way he laughs oh, it up. When he, when he goes up and is like talking to the pigeons and like drinks from the, the trough as well. Yeah. Like, oh my God. How's Pickens? How's Pickens? <laughs> and then uh, when he's describing how the steak turns into baby food. Oh yeah. Yeah. That juicy yeah. steak. Forget about it. <laughs> or something, I forget it. I, I don't remember exactly what he says. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Even yep. the baby food looks good. Okay. No, you're, you're wrong there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to disagree on that point. But I remember Lady's tongue that she, like, goes, man, man, in disgust. Oh, yeah. There's just so much good everything. <laughs> like, the, the, the characterization, facial animation, the body animation, yeah. the environments the backgrounds the, the, everything's so nice looking and i'm so mad that there's Ugh. not good things yeah i guess my final word is that uh well you know i'm not a dog person right but Same. because of this movie i have the ability to feel some sympathy or empathy for dogs you know if if they're in trouble and stuff like that so <laughs> I don't know. I'm capable of feeling sympathy. I, I know. <laughs> no, it makes me sound <laughs> robot. I know. But, but since I was like a little kid, I've sometimes dogs have scared me. Oh, I mean, you know, same. Yeah. Big dogs. I've had bad experiences. Even little dogs, like the little yappy ones. Oh. Yeah. But that's true. But a story like this and the way they're animated and the way mm-hmm. they have their personalities and it shows them just being a dog, you know? It really, mm-hmm. really makes me see them as. As people, you know how mm-hmm. how pet owners are, you know, we anthropomorphize everything, yeah, including our own pets, of yeah. Course. And I've never had a dog as a pet, but but yeah, they're so cute. They are, and yeah, I think I either said this before or after the movie, or even during it. Dog movies make me cry. <laughs> it doesn't matter that I've never owned a dog or that blah 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 blah. I prefer cats, blah yada yada. Fucking dog movies. Just murder my heartstrings. It they depends. Just shred them. Depends on the dog movie for me. Depends <sighs> on characterization. It as a writer, it always depends on that. This movie and I'd say Homeward Bound are the ones that are the Homeward. worst offenders. That was another one I used to watch over and over yeah. for, for no reason other than the fact that we owned it. 
Oh my gosh. I sob when Shadow comes back. Okay, sorry. This is a tangent. I saw that many, many places. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I just cried the whole movie the last time I watched it. I just, I didn't stop crying. I was like, I'm just devastated by this movie. Homeward Bound is one of those movies where the entire movie just destroys me, but I would just <laughs> sit in my chair and feel all the feels and get traumatized over and over. Do you actually cry at that one? Because I know you, you don't cry as much I as I do. I don't cry, but I am very scared during that movie. You're scared? Okay. Yeah. Aw. I'm sorry. When you feel so bad, the sassy when she's going to the fucking waterfall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's wings. When she, we're going on such Okay, a yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Should we turn this into a Homeward Bound episode? <laughs> no, because it's not animated. We can't. But we've had our fun. We've had our tangent. Mm -hmm. We both get emotionally wrecked by that movie in particular. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I, 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 I wish it wasn't tarnished by such reprehensible shit. Yeah. That's the, the stuff that's in there. And the thing is, yeah, we can't just completely just be like, oh, we'll give the movie a pass because the rest of it is great. It's a shame because it, it has to, it brings down my, my entire like viewpoint of the movie. But the stuff I love, I still love. Yeah. The stuff I don't like, unfortunately, kind of just mars it yeah it's hard because yeah. everything almost everything we watch is going to have something yeah there's no perfection anyway anyway as my grandpappy old reliable used to say <laughs> don't recollect i've ever mentioned old reliable have i no you haven't oh, well uh, i don't forgot <laughs> i forgot what Trusty said about oh. reliable. There we go. Okay, so hey, next time on Animoa. It is Sleeping Beauty. Oh boy. Okay, I'm stoked. Cool. I'm really stoked for Sleeping Beauty. I can't wait. One word. One word? Just one word. Maleficent. Bye. Goodbye. I've never had the uh, the pleasure of the pleasure of squeezing a rat. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I sound like one.